Welcome back to our health and healing podcast here at Celebration Church. We are on part three, accepting forgiveness, but rejecting healing. So what does it mean when you say that some believers accept forgiveness of sins, but reject healing? Well, we're glad to be back. And, and there's so many things that we can talk about. And, you know, we you can't explain everything in a few, you know, podcasts, but we're going to try to cover a bunch of this. But we've seen in the scripture up to this point that healing is part of Christ's atoning work. And I think the church world as a whole has not taught all the atoning work of Christ. They've actually picked and chosen, you know, what they believe instead of just taking it all. But it's, to me, it's wrong for a church to teach healing as a fringe benefit instead of it being a vital part of salvation. It's almost like some people fight against healing like it's from the devil. Uh, You know, instead of looking at the whole thing and saying, man, Jesus did this for me. Yeah. They'll look at it like, well, maybe God doesn't want me healed because I'm such a bad person or they feel condemned over something. So it's almost like they'll say, well, sickness is from the devil. But, you know, we see, I mean, sickness is from the devil, but, I mean, they'll fight against it, you know, like uh, like maybe God doesn't want them healed. And, and even to the point I've seen some people criticize someone that's standing on the Word of God, you know, believing for their healing. And, and we've had that happen with us where family members were critical of us when we say things like, I know Jesus healed me. I, I know that's already been done because they don't understand. Mm-hmm. And they think that healing is something that we're begging God to do and he may or may not do. But we know from the scripture that it's a done deal. It's yeah. up to us to step out in faith and receive it. But we're not begging God to do something that he hasn't already done. We're just agreeing in faith that by his grace, he has done this. So the other thing I think about, it's, it's so odd, and we, we've done this too. We're not talking about anything that we haven't done ourselves, I tell you. That's right. We're all learning on this journey, but... Uh, we've done this. I've seen other people do it. They'll spend all they have on doctors, medications, supplements, so forth, in an effort to get well without ever considering what Jesus has already done for mm, Yeah. They don't go to Jesus first. And then if you just hear all the side effects of the medications you know, that they you see on these commercials, I think, good grief. I'd rather have the disease than what the side effects are. Yeah. It's crazy. And the only reason, you know, I think people seek out those other things instead of God is because, once again, they don't understand what has been done for them, what has been paid for them. Because if we truly trusted that healing was ours, Mm -hmm. that's what you reach out to. That's what you grab hold of. Yeah, and and we're not sitting here saying you should never go to a doctor. We've been to doctors ourselves. We're not saying that, but. But our first resource should always be God. We should always go to him first and let him guide us in what to do next. But here's the other thing. Jesus paid a heavy penalty. The stripes that he took on his back, it was an extremely heavy penalty for our healing. And to discount that and say, oh, well, we we don't go to Jesus today. Uh, that's, That's why God created doctors. Well, If God created doctors and we should just go to doctors, then why did Jesus pay that heavy penalty for our healing? Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a slap in his face. But from the very beginning, you know, God didn't create man to die. 
Go ahead. That is one thing I want to say right quick before we move on. Uh, back when I, the first time around that I was so sick, we were um, in Colorado on a trip after Steve had just retired, and I was in pretty bad shape then. I don't think at that time we knew what was going on with know. me. We didn't know. We didn't know. But I wasn't sleeping at night. I mean, not dozing off, nothing. I was awake because I couldn't breathe, and I, I just was sick. But um, God showed me one night. I had a lot of conversations with him during those nights that I didn't sleep. And he showed me. He spoke specifically to me, and he told me. And it was with such emotion, and I'll never forget it, and it forever changed the way I look at things now. But he told me, he said, why did I send my son and have him go through everything he went through if people are not going to take what I've given them? They don't even try to walk in what I've given them. And it was an emotional. He had emotion in his voice. He said, it is like a slap in my face. And I didn't want to tell him by that for a long time because I thought, they're going to take that wrong from me. You know, it's a slap in my face. You know, but it's the truth. That's what he told me. And I will never forget it because it was so, he, he was, I don't know what emotion you want to, say he was but he was just he's done all this for us he sent his son and put him through major pain major everything for us and yet we don't even look to him yes and and i would think even in a good way you know i think on that particular trip for instance we were traveling across new mexico headed to durango colorado and and laurie hadn't been feeling well we didn't know what was going on but we were reading scriptures to each other. We we had notebooks where he, we had kept notes on from different messages and things. And she would read that as I drove. And after we got there, I'd read stuff to her. And we were praying. And, and we were coming against whatever was going on in her body. But another thing that God spoke to her, and this was a reminder of something he had spoke to her several years before. But... We were doing all these good things, standing on the word, quoting scripture, which is all the proper thing to do in these circumstances. But God spoke to Laurie, and he told her, said, it's not what you do, it's what I did on the cross. Yeah. It's not what we do. Now, renewing your mind, speaking to your situation, I believe in all that. But yeah. number one, your, your trust has got to be in God and what's already been done. You got to know how much God loves you, and how much Jesus loved you when He went to the cross and paid for all that. That's got to be your number one priority. And if you if you get that right, then you will automatically speak the word of God. You will automatically have faith because if you know God that well, how much He loves you, then you know He wants you well. Mm -hmm. You know His word is true, so you have no problem with that. But sometimes we can make the renewing our mind and confessing the word a work and that, and that's not what god wants very definitely and i could spend three weeks talking just on that because i've learned so much yeah from going through some things on that uh, but i want to remind you too that you know you're always going to have to remind yourself what you have in christ you know we have to do it we, there will never come a day in our lives that we don't have to meditate and think about and read those scriptures and hear the word 
and constantly keep reminding us what he does. So we don't say these things that you need to do this, you need to do that. But we all need to do that in order to grow Mm -hmm. and know and be able to walk in his blessings because we can walk in his blessings on a daily basis. Yes, and and there's been times, uh, Brooklyn, uh, you know, I remember quite well that we've had people tell us, well, it's not always God's will to heal. You know, sometimes he heals, sometimes he doesn't. But that's contrary to what we find in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Jesus never refused to heal anyone. And I've thought about this a lot. I think, well, well, why would they say that? Why would they think that? Number one could be, you know, they're just not aware of those scriptures in the atoning yeah. work of Jesus. But I think also we tend, as is our human side, to make excuses or to avoid disappointment. So we come up with these things and say, okay, well, I didn't get healed because God doesn't heal all the time. God picks and chooses who he heals because in doing that, we take that responsibility off of ourselves to simply believe. Yeah. And that's what God asks us to do is just simply believe him. You know, if if you believe for nothing, you will get it every time. Mm. So I would rather put my faith and my trust in God. Yeah. And we'll, we'll let him go to work. And I think a lot of times that people don't even step out in the first place and make that decision to believe God because they're afraid they won't be able to do it, thinking that they've got to believe perfectly or they've got to have perfect faith. But I'm a perfect example of that because I'm, I'm still not totally where I need to be and never will be. We're always in a learning state and mm-hmm. we'll always know God more and more as we live. And so... Um, well, yeah, I, yeah. Let me pick up there where you're you're leaving off for a second, because I one thing I I thought about because I hear this so much with people too. They say, well, uh, the healing didn't manifest. You know, I prayed for my healing, and and two days later, nothing happened. So God didn't want me well. Well, if you're truly believing God for your healing, then it doesn't. The time frame doesn't matter. You know, if you're truly in faith, the time frame doesn't yeah. matter. Because you're trusting him. And, and it would be no different than, you know, saying, well, I believed God for saving me for my forgiveness of sins, but tomorrow I don't think he saved me, so I'll go ask him for that again and again and again when that's not the way that works. Mm-hmm. It's not the way it works. Go ahead. And, too, I think that, uh, you know, people think when the devil comes against them and they have thoughts in their minds and this and that, that they're not in faith anymore. And certainly if you dwell on that and hang on to that, then yes, you're not exercising your faith. But the thing is, I, you know, it's not like you've, you're not believing or anything else. When you have those thoughts, you just have to recognize that's the enemy trying to get you off track. Yeah. You know, so I would just encourage step out. Just the first thing is, is God, I want to trust you. Right. I want to know your ways. And I want everything you have for me. Yeah. you better to step out in faith and try it than to sit there. You know, you get the same results if you if you don't try something different. Yeah. Well, the devil's going to attack you regardless. Right. At some point. Something's going to come against you mm-hmm. for one reason or another at some point in your life. And so you, you are better off knowing the word and grabbing hold of it so when that time comes... 
you're there and you know exactly how to deal with that than going along and waiting, you know, until, you know, something comes up and then you're like, oh my gosh, where do I start? What do I do? And, yeah. You know, then you're really in fear mode. Right. So if Jesus has provided healing for us and we aren't well, then what happened? There can be so many reasons why healing has not manifested in someone's body. But our theology has to be based on the truth that Jesus took those stripes on his body for us, that he paid for our sicknesses. We, we can't base our theology on life experience. We've, we've all probably believed for something at one time or another and, mm -hmm. and didn't see something happen. But that doesn't change the Word of God. You know, if, if I fall out of this chair dead here two minutes from now, that doesn't mean that God's Word changed. You know, I missed it in some way or something happened, but I think too many times, uh, you know, we, we tend to put God in a box and say, well, I'm believing God for this, and he's got to do it this way in this time frame, you know, how I see it to happen. But that's not faith. Faith yeah. is trusting God to do it his way, knowing that the work's been done. So believing is the starting place really for participating in anything that Jesus has done. You can't get around that. And you have to have the knowledge. You have yes. to know what's you yours. You got to know what to believe. You can't believe for it if you don't know what's yours. That's right. That's good. Yeah, you got to know that. So I've heard people say that if God wanted someone healed, then they would just be healed. We know it, it can be disputed on so many fronts. I, and I love to talk about this because... Uh, it kind of goes into another theology that a lot of people have, and it's called the extreme sovereignty of God, that everything that happens in your life is God-ordained. So if you're sick, it was ordained by God. If you're poor, it was ordained by God. If your wife leaves you, it was ordained by God. But but the truth is, and we see this first in Second Peter 3, 9, where it says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but he is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We see right here, God doesn't want anybody not to be saved. Mm -hmm. But there's going to be people that don't believe, and they're going to reject yeah. him. So clearly God's will does not always come to pass. So people have this mistaken theology, you know, instead of saying, hey, I have a part to play in this. You know, my faith participates in what Christ has already done for me. Mm -hmm. So when they think that way, it's very hard for them really to believe God's word when they're thinking that everything that happens to them is orchestrated by God. Well, and the bottom line is that you're not going to believe the word of God if you believe he's putting sickness on you mm -hmm. or putting bad things yeah. in your life. Yes, yeah, and, and I think of a, a couple of scriptures right quick, but one is in uh, Psalms seventy-eight forty-one, where it talks about that Israel limited God. They limited God. He, he wanted to do great things for them, but they limited him by their unbelief. And then, uh, you know, I think over in Malachi, it, it, and it's really an interesting scripture, but it says, you're, and this is God speaking through Malachi the prophet, he says, your words have been strong, against me the talk has been strong against god it it mm -hmm. interferes with what he wants to do so i think 
you know, if people would just look at it from that perspective, it's not God's will for anyone to be lost. He wants everyone saved, but not everyone's going to be saved. Yeah. And then I, I look to uh, Colossians 2.6, for example. It says, just as you received Jesus, which was by believing in him, so walk ye in him. So just you received him by believing. Well, everything else that we receive from him, it comes by believing also. It's not by our good works. It's not by quoting the scriptures. It's mm-hmm. which are, Those are all things that should come out of our loving heart for what God's done for us. But really, the believe in him, that's what he's seeking from us, just yeah. simply believing. Yes. You got something to say add to that, Lord? Yeah, I want to look at First Thessalonians 2.13 in the tra- Passion Translation. It says, this is why we continually thank God for your lives. Because you received our message wholeheartedly. You embraced it, not as the fabrication of men, but as the word of God. And the word continues to be an energizing force in you who believe. Mm. In you who believe. So there's so many scriptures around that talk about your part is believing. Mm. And I, I would encourage you to go back on these scriptures that we're talking about all through this series. And I mean, don't just read them. Stop and think about it. You know, yeah. look back there and, you know, go through it and think, okay, what's he mean by that? You know, yes. or, but, but really meditate it and think on it because that's when it really comes alive to you. And I, I think about First Timothy 4.10. People could look at that. Another one would be Acts 16.31. But they still talk about this same concept that it's up to us to believe. That, that's where it begins. We, we have to believe. And so one thing that I've come to in my own personal walk with God, the thing that I understand is if I'm sick and I'm believing that Jesus has already healed me and I haven't seen it manifest yet, there's so many ways to look at that. You know, it could be either I'm not understanding something yet, maybe I'm not really believing, but whatever it is, I know this, it's never God's fault that I have not received the manifestation of the healing. It's not God's fault because he's already done his part. And I think sometimes God sits there when we're, please do this, please do that, please. You know, I think he's scratching his head saying, I've already done that. Don't you see? Mm -hmm. I've already done it. It's yours. Just receive it. But so many times, uh, and I'm guilty of this too, you know, we don't, really dive into the word we don't we're we're more interested in feeding our flesh and entertaining our flesh you know i mean watching our tv shows watching running here running there you know having fun that's what life's all about having fun but it's not much fun if you're not well that's true and you can't enjoy it so but but most people put the seeking god last instead of first and I believe that's a big key in people not seeing things manifest mm-hmm. in their life. Yeah, and I understand when, when someone struggled through something or, or a loved one is struggling through an illness, I, I can see that, that you would want an, an, an excuse or an out for why something's not happened. You know, I mean, it, it gives you a certain sense of peace. But the truth is... Uh, 
God's he's worked all that through Jesus. It's, it's in the atoning work, and we have to believe it to receive it. Holy Spirit spoke this to me not too long ago, and uh, but Stu brought it up, and it made me remember it, you know. But he told me, he said, so many people will ask me, you know, is this right, is this wrong, or about a certain subject. And really, he said, they don't want to know what I, I want to tell them about it. They want me to tell them something that's going to justify what they believe, what they oh, want to yeah, believe yeah. about it. Yes. And I think that's so true, and I've done it myself probably many times. Okay, God, this is, you know, what I'm thinking, and this is what. So, you know, give me something to yeah. back that up. Yeah. But when you really go with a open heart mm -hmm. and want to know, okay, God, even if this isn't something I want to hear or maybe it's not what I want to do, I still want another truth. Yes. Yeah. He'll tell you. Yeah, that's why I love our, our motto out here. That, you know, it's in the foyer when you walk in to know God better and to trust him more mm -hmm. because that's the most important part. If, if you know him better, you will trust him more. And, and all these things we're talking about yeah. will be easier to receive. And, and we receive by believing. So what about Paul's thorn in the flesh? Didn't he have a sickness that God refused to heal him from? I'm so glad you asked that because that's a... Uh, that's something I've heard that my whole life. I still hear people say it today. You hear people say, oh, well, God gave me this thorn in the flesh, and, you know, I just got to suffer with with it, you know, suffer the rest of my life with this back pain or this knee or whatever it might be. But the Scripture, when you really study that out, it does not say Paul's thorn in the flesh was a sickness. I'm not saying Paul was never sick. He could have been sick along with all the other things, but... I've gone and I've looked at this and, I, and I've, I've researched it and I've listened to people's commentaries on it. But 2 Corinthians 12, 7 is where Paul says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations. You know, Paul was getting revelation upon revelation, things that Peter and them just shook their head at, said, Man, this guy, he's so deep, he's even hard to understand. But Paul was getting all these revelations, and he was setting the world on fire with them. And so it says here, he said, There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So it wasn't God that gave him the thorn in the flesh. It was Satan that gave mm -hmm. it to him, a messenger of Satan, a, a demonic spirit of some kind assigned to Paul to constantly harass him everywhere he went. And says, for this thing, this thorn in the flesh, this messenger from Satan, he says, I sought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So he goes on to say, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Infirmities can be sicknesses, but it can also be other things says, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake, for when I'm weak, then I am strong. Yeah. So what I want to see, you know, for people to see here is clearly this thorn in the flesh was from Satan. It wasn't from God. And the Greek word for a messenger here is also used as angel in other places in the New Testament. So this was a demonic messenger, a dark angel, if you want to call it that, sent from Satan to buffet Paul. 
because Paul was taking the world by storm. Yeah. He was a huge danger to Satan's kingdom. I mean, he's ripping it up. And Paul saw people raised from the dead, demons cast out, many other miracles. And in Acts 17, 6, it even says, talking about Paul and his followers there, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. So there was so much power and anointing flowing through Paul's ministry that many, many people were coming to the Lord. And it wouldn't make sense for God to say, oh, I better stop Paul with a thorn in the flesh because all these people are coming to know me. Mm -hmm. No, it makes sense that Satan would say, I've got to stop this guy. I've got to discourage him. And he did it with shipwrecks, with beatings, being bitten by a snake. I mean, Paul, you know, left stoned, left for dead. I mean, there's so many things he went through that is all part of these infirmities. Mm-hmm. Well, and just like Paul, you know, if we think about it, if we can ever get the mindset where sickness or poverty or any of those things that were done for us in the atonement come from, that they're from the devil. You know, when mm-hmm. Steve was saying that, I just was thinking, yeah, and what Paul do? He got up and he kept going. Yeah. You know, he didn't let that stop him because he knew. He recognized where those things were coming from. And that's how we should be on this earth because we have those things that Jesus has done for us and we mm-hmm. should just get up and keep going. Well, and there's one scripture that a lot of people talk about with Paul and they say, well, you know, it says right here that, you know, Paul had some problem with his eyes. You know, he could have had something going on with his eyes at the time, but I do know that prior to this passage of scripture he had just got stoned and left for dead and not stoned like smoking marijuana either i mean where they throw rocks at you and try to kill you and they left him for dead well he was probably his eyes probably closed shut from getting hit with the rocks and all that and what does he do he he gets up maybe raised from the dead i'm not sure on that but then he walks to the next city and starts preaching again so he probably come in there with a bruised up face, beat up body. Yeah. That's probably what they were talking about. And then, uh, you know, another place I've heard people bring out says, well, Paul says, well, you know, look with what large letters, you know, I write to you. And they say, see, he had a problem with his eyes, so he's having to write real big. No, Paul was long-winded. You know, most of Paul's letters were long. Yeah. Most of his preachings were long. I think that's what he's talking about, you know, the large letters. I, you know, I write long letters to you. So people have, uh, they've really turned that around. And, it's, and again, I think it's an excuse to say, oh, well, I've just got to suffer with this. I'll, I'll just believe I have this thorn in the flesh. You're finding something to justify what you want to believe. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and the other thing I'd say on this, uh, if, if God has given you a thorn in the flesh like he did Paul, are you getting the abundance of revelations that Paul did? Are you setting the world on fire? Because, you know, if that's the only reason, if you believe that God gave Paul the thorn in the flesh, then you must be doing the same thing. So yeah, I hadn't seen that out of anybody. So <laughs> I, I tend to believe it's the other way around. It's the other way around. Doesn't the word infirmities mean sickness? That word infirmity, it's used today to refer to some type of sickness, but at the time of the writing of these scriptures, and that's going back to what we have said, you know, before, 
you got to look at the context of the scripture. You got to look at before the cross, after the cross. Who was Jesus talking to? Was it Hebrews? Was it, you know, Gentiles? I mean, you got to look at all these things. But infirmity can be sickness, but it was not just limited to yeah. sickness. Romans uh, eight twenty six says, "Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities." For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. So this verse is saying that it is an infirmity not to know what we should pray for. In the dictionary, you find that infirmity can mean sickness or any kind of weakness or inadequacy. So not knowing how to pray about something can be an inadequacy, an infirmity. So... uh, you want to read, Laurie? Just look at the things Paul suffered in Second Corinthians. He suffered in shipwrecks, afloat in the sea, in danger from robbers and from his own people, being tired and hungry, cold and naked. He was beaten multiple times, stoned and left for dead. And on top of all that, he was concerned about the churches. Uh, in verse 30, after all, he lists all those things that happened to him. He says, I will glory of the things which concern my infirmities. The context here is all the hardships he has suffered, and he refers to them as his infirmities. So where does the phrase thorn in the flesh come from? That's interesting. The Jewish people, they would have recognized it when Paul said thorn in the flesh because in the Old Testament, uh, Sometimes the enemies of Israel were called thorns in their side. Uh, that you'll find that in Numbers thirty-three fifty-five. In Joshua twenty-three thirteen, their enemies were called thorns in your eyes. In Judges two three, they were called thorns in your sides again. So it's interesting that in these scriptures, God was telling the Israelites that if they didn't drive these enemies out of the land God had given them, then these enemies would be thorns in their side. In a similar way, Satan was using a thorn in the flesh against Paul to discourage him, to drive him away from sharing the gospel. And so when Paul made that comment, everybody knew, you know, what he was saying. For us, you know, we say, man, somebody's a thorn in our side. They're a pain in our side. That, I mean, that's how we might say it today. Or they're a pain somewhere else. But that's, you know, that's that's what he was talking about. So when God told Paul... My grace is sufficient for you. He was saying, basically, we aren't redeemed from persecution, but he does give us the grace to deal with it. Redemption from persecution was not part of Christ's atonement, but we are redeemed from sickness. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And that's a wrap on episode three of our Health and Healing podcast here at Celebration Church. Thank you, Pastor Steve and Miss Lori, for joining me here again today. If you have any questions, please send us an email at celebrate at celebrationchurchlive.com, and we will see you in the next one.